This morning in America, uh, the average American owes $200,000 on their home. And if you take student loan, car loan, credit card debt, and any personal loans, for the average American, scoop those together this morning, they owe uh, $38,000 in those in addition. And that's just the average. So there's a good number of people who are, are twice that much. How are you doing in this area of finances this morning? As we breach this topic, do you immediately feel anxious? Do you immediately feel afraid? Do you immediately feel ashamed? Because we're not about any of those feelings here this morning. We're not here to create any of that. We're bringing it up this morning to talk about how to be free from all of that. We're bringing it up this morning to talk about a God who provides for us, a God who cares for us. This is a, a very important message to me. Just It's just in my fiber. I believe that if you want the most concrete, that was a miracle moments in your life, they most often happen in the area of your finances. The ones that are most uh, clearly seen, in my opinion. And, and I felt that way. Uh, my journey on, down that path started over 20 years ago in Pastor Dan's office. Um, I had gone to have a meeting with him about something else. I don't actually remember what the meeting was about. But he had been working on his sermon, and probably because that's where his head was. As soon as I sat down for whatever our meeting was supposed to be about, he goes, let me read you this. And he, and he read Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus says, That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies in the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And then Pastor Dan said, do you think Jesus said that because it was a nice poem about birds and flowers? Or do you think he meant it? And I walked out of the office never the same. It's a verse a lot about worry. The idea of worry comes up many, many times just in that one paragraph. Now, it has been my experience at this point in life that when you have fear and worry, and you react out of that, more often than not, you cause the thing that you fear or worry to happen faster. 
When you have a fear or worry and you react out of it, very often you cause the thing that you were afraid of to happen faster. Like some of us this morning are worried about, will we have groceries tomorrow? And if possessed out of that fear, you go do something crazy at the payday loan place, you'll get groceries. But now you owe four times what you would have and you've endangered your groceries for the next month out of that fear reaction. Some of us are afraid of uh, not being able to keep up with the neighbors. And I don't mean that, you know, we got to have a nice car because they have a nice car thing. I mean, we got to be normal. We don't want to live in a community where we are abnormal, where we don't have just what other people have and we're falling behind and pretty soon we're an outcast. We don't want to be that person. So we do start taking certain kinds of travel and driving certain kinds of things and furnishing a certain kind of way. Pretty soon when the, the bills come for all that, now we really can't afford the basics. And now we have caused ourselves to actually fall behind and be weird. We're really afraid for that for our kids. We don't want to say no, no, no to our kids so much that they become uh, graspy and greedy and, and, you know, feel like they had to do without. So we sign them up for all the activities they want to do. We buy all the equipment they want to buy. We take all the trip that they want to take. And then Again, when the bills come for that, now we really can't afford the basic things that a kid needs. And now we really have given them a sense of alarm and deprivation. Uh, We buy a toy, we buy an electronic thing, we buy a vehicle, we buy a second property, and then it breaks down or it gets damaged or something. And we, you know, we couldn't, can't afford to fix it. So now we have this vehicle or second property or gadget that we couldn't afford in the first place now we can't use it and we're still paying for it and then of course this time of year when the days are getting shorter well now they're getting longer but they're they're real short right now still and it's cold and it's miserable and there's a pandemic and we're depressed so we do a little retail therapy you ever done this you're just so tired of it all being so dismal this that you just start saying yes yes to yourself yes to amazon yes to swiping the credit card yeah let the boxes hit the front porch and uh, it makes you feel i guess better until the bill comes and then you're twice as depressed as you were when you bought that stuff you were afraid of being depressed so you did retail therapy now you're twice as depressed worry causes the thing to happen faster But we serve a God who says he comes to soothe worry and banish fear. A God who comes, who says with his own mouth, I come that your burden may be light and your yoke easy. A God who says and promises many times to show up supernaturally and provide for us. And he only says in these verses, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. I'll give you everything you need. What's it mean to seek the kingdom of God? Probably a lot of things. If I were going to summarize quickly, I would say to know Jesus, to pattern your life after him as much as you can. To seek things which look like living in a kingdom that's ruled by someone a lot like Jesus, like we're looking forward to a better time and to share that good news with the world so that even the neighbors you're trying to keep up with who may actually be trying to keep up with you, everyone's caught in this vicious circle, can just say, you know what, we don't worry about those things God provides. We can all live in a community where we know this good news that we have a God who provides for us and we're all without fear. 
Getting that message out there, that's part of seeking the kingdom of God. So there's a story that's legendary on my wife's side of the family. My mother-in-law always told about how God provides. And she went home to be with the Lord back in May. But she's told me this story so many times that I'll be able to tell it to you in exactly the words she would use if she were standing here. Um, So she and her uh, husband, Bob, they just started going to church. Now, they owned their own carpet and appliance business in their mid-20s. So very successful to own your own business of that magnitude in your mid-20s. But there was a malfunction in a fluorescent lighting fixture, and it caught the entire warehouse on fire, burned the whole thing to the ground. They lost everything. A large shipment of appliances had come, which had not yet been added to inventory, so they were not covered by insurance, so they owed for all of that. And they were about to lose everything. As I said, they just started going to church. So Carol got on her knees beside her bed and she prayed, Lord, just don't let them take the house. And something happened and they get to keep the house. But the furniture was all in question. They're going to lose every stick of furniture in that place to pay back all the creditors. And she prayed, Lord, I want to pay back what we owe, but don't let them take all the furniture. And something happened and they got to keep the furniture. And then I can't remember what the third problem was, but she was on her knees beside praying. She said she felt like the Holy Spirit said to her, I can't do anything more for you until you begin to tithe. So tithing is that Christian thing where you give the first 10% of what you have earned to the kingdom of God and the work that goes on, and then you trust in the Lord. She knew what it was, but they weren't doing it. And she said, Lord, I, I, will, I will do this too, but you have to tell my husband. <laughs> now, as Pastor Dan preached last week, you always get into trouble when you start telling God what to do. And she felt the Holy Spirit say back, no, you, you'll tell your husband. And she said, I can't do that. And she felt like the Lord said, not only can you, but you will. And so she prayed, I will do this too, God, but you have to tell me when. When is the moment for me to say this? She got up off her knees and she went about her business. About three days later, she says she's sitting in her bedroom at the foot of her bed, lacing up her shoes. And Bob was sitting at the desk, looking at the, the checkbook, head in his hands saying, I don't know how we're gonna make it to the end of the month. And she felt like the Holy Spirit hit her with a hammer in these words, tell him now. She sat up and said, oh, no, Lord, that couldn't be right. Not now. She felt it again. Tell him now. So she said what the Lord had said. I can't help you anymore until you begin to tithe. And here was the first miracle. Bob handed her the checkbook and said, if you can find that in there, let's do it. His reaction was the first miracle. And she got in and she found 10% of what they'd made and a way to do it and put this off and cut that. And she wrote the check and folded it up and gave it to the boys to take to Sunday school. What happened next is another string of miracles. But it would probably be better if you heard that from the person that it happened to. So ask my father-in-law, Bob, sometime, what happened when you began to tithe? He would love to share that witness with you and it. It's so unbelievable, it would just sound better if you were talking to the person who saw it all.
Our God provides. Now, this isn't really a message about tithing and giving. This is a message about being set free from fear about finances. It's really what this is about. But being set free from fear by a God who provides and our giving are all so intertwined that I can't talk about one without talking about the other. Not honestly. Can I do that? In fact, there's this marvelous prophecy in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 in the Old Testament where the Lord speaks to the people and he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Now that last part is really quite incredible. Because there, are, there is a verse elsewhere that says, you should not put the Lord your God to the test. Right? Jesus quotes that when the devil comes to tempt him. You should not put the Lord your God to the test. But here we have a prophet in Malachi and the Lord says, well, okay, on this, on this issue of tithes and me providing, yeah, try it. Put me to the test. See if I'll keep my promises. It's an amazing exception God grants when he's inviting us to bank on him and that he cares for us and that it wasn't just a poem, that he meant it. There's something concrete about the spiritual discipline of tithing because all of us would probably say, I seek the kingdom of God first. I trust the Lord. I don't trust money. I know money is not all that in a bag of chips. I I trust in the Lord. But to actually do something about that, to give 10% first and then trust in the Lord, that's a concrete act. You can't just say you did that. You either did it or you didn't do it. The rubber hits the road right there. Now, when you give the tithes, what happens to them? They go into the church and then they're used to care for the congregation, care for the people that the congregation cares for, and then a lot into sharing this good news with everyone that everyone can know that our God provides. What happens to you while all that's going on? I believe, and I believe this very strongly, that the spiritual discipline, all spiritual disciplines, including the spiritual discipline of tithing, creates and grows faith. It creates and grows your faith in God. Because here's how the story usually goes. The story usually goes that... uh, You make money and you pay for your rent or your mortgage and you buy your groceries and you pay for the kid activities and you got a medical bill and you do that and then you got a little money left and a lot of month left. And you as a Christian, you know, okay, there's that tithing thing, but mm, a lot of month left. Let's just wait and see what happens. And a couple weeks later, what happens is a car breaks down and it's a big bill. But You have the money sitting there, so you pay the big bill and you say, thank God I didn't tithe. I was able to take care of that. And you just taught yourself, don't trust in the Lord. Trust in savings, trust in earning, trust in what I have. Your faith just shrank a little bit because God didn't show up, you showed up. In fact, you learned that lesson so well, next month you probably won't give again just in case. Here's the other story. You do the Christian pattern where you 
you uh, give the first 10% out the top, very beginning, first check written or first auto draft these days approved. And then you do the mortgage and you do the, or the rent and you do the groceries, you do the medical bills, you do the kids' activities. Now there's no money left and a lot of month. You pray, Lord, I don't see how this works on paper. Pray you get us through. And a couple weeks later, the car breaks down. And it's a big bill. And you cry out, Lord, what is going on? I needed you to get us to the end of the month. Now the car's broken down. Now I'm praying for a car, which I need to work, and everything else. And then comes the end of the month. And what happened? The repair wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. You came into some money you weren't expecting. Someone gave a gift. I don't know. The story's different every time, and yet it's the same every time. There you are, and the car is fixed. And you had enough. And you say, Lord, I, I, I don't understand. That didn't work on paper. You really are here. You are doing this. You are making it possible for us to seek the, the kingdom of heaven. We couldn't do it without you. You're real. You showed up. Your faith just grows a little bit. And you're so excited, you'll probably do the same thing next month. And this is how, over time, people become people of radical generosity and huge faith. The two are intertwined. And they're sitting all around you. If we're not serving a God who keeps his promises and shows up like this, then what are we doing here? He's got to be this kind of God. Now, I want to share with you one more story. This one's not about tithing, and this one's not even about answered prayer. It's just about how God provides as he says he will, and that can remove our fear about these things. So a few years ago, I had a friend uh, here in the church, and he worked for a big financial institution here in Kansas City. And that financial institution was creating a new department, and they were hiring all new people for it and promoting all new executives into it. And my friend wanted to be promoted and be an executive over that, over that new department. And, and he called me and said, I'm really excited. I really want this. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to move on and up in my career. Uh, and I'm praying for this. Would you pray with me? I said, absolutely. I would be glad to do that. And so we prayed. And uh, I called him back a week later after all the interviews were in. I said, how did it go? And he said, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. He said, not only that, but the people around me that they promoted, I don't even know why the company kept them, much less promoted them. Because I don't understand. I'm really angry. I'm really upset. I'm really confused. And I didn't know what to say except I'm so sorry. It was 2008. Great Recession hit. He called me back a couple of months later. He said, I just wanted to thank you for praying for me through that time. I said, Well, I'm I don't know why. It didn't really turn out. He goes, Oh, yes, it did. The company just X'd out that entire department, and everybody who was promoted into it is now gone. And I still have my original job, and it's secure, and I'll be able to provide for my family through this time. God knew. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. 
So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Let us pray. Father, we come because you know us and you provide for us. We pray, Lord, you would take away our fear, our anxiety, our shame. Your word says if we seek your kingdom, seek to live righteously, you will provide all we need. We cling to that promise today, Lord. Help us step out in faith that our faith may grow. Help us to see your miracles that we may know you are real. Pray for each person here who's in a in a tight spot, in a dark time. They will know your light. It is the name of Christ Jesus who taught us these words we say, uh, that we pray. Amen.